Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, we have a great show today as always. Uh, today's guest is the notorious artist Andre Hart. Uh, I like the guy. I love talking to the guy. He has a lot of interesting things to say. And uh, I think it was great to have him come back and uh, and chat some more. How are we doing, people? Hope you guys are doing okay this Sunday. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the JMS Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can also follow the JMS Podcast on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please check out the JMS Podcast website at jmspodcast.com for all the available content. And please check out the Patreon account of the JMS Podcast. Any little bit helps. You can donate as much or as little as you want, and it all goes a long way. Uh, before we get to Andre Hart, we are having another segment of Weird New World. Ryan Sadakran returns here, and he uh, has a chat about the future of education and how much virtual reality will play a role in that. You had a pretty good discussion about it, maybe a little debate, and I'll look to uh, hear all you guys' opinion about it afterwards. Uh, recently, I got uh, I got yelled at by a cop. Yeah. Uh, in, in the most uh, strange way, I, I was, um, I got yelled at by a motorcycle police officer. I was driving, and okay, I'll admit, sometimes when, when the right song's on the radio, I might drive a little reckless, all right? I was speeding a bit, okay, maybe a little bit more than a bit, and uh, I before I knew it, there was this police officer on a motorcycle driving next to me, yelling at me, uh, you know, time to slow down. And uh, what is wrong with me? And <laughs> I was horrified. I was surprised. I mean, it's one thing to be yelled at a cop when you're like, you know, standing in front of each other. It's another thing when you're driving about 45 miles an hour and this guy's next to you yelling at you. It's almost surreal. I felt like that guy from Hocus Pocus, that one scene where he's being chased by three witches and they're like, they chase him in, in, in the truck and they, they're trying to, you know, fuck with them on the side of the car. That's how I felt like. I was like, oh, what the, what is going on here? But it was very effective. It was so effective. Not only did I slow down, but I was like, "Fuck!" That was flat out crazy and kind of embarrassing for the to for the other riders, the, the other drivers around me. I was like, "You know what? That's what we need." I think instead because that police officer had every right to stop me and give me a citation, a ticket. Actually, I'm pretty sure an expensive ticket. But he actually decided to ride up next to me and yell at me. And then he drove off after I slowed down, of course. And I'm like, that would have that was a more effective thing as opposed to pulling me over and giving me a ticket. I don't think I, I think I would have walked away from those like, well, shit, I got caught this time. But no, he like pretty much uh, scared uh, the fear of God in me because it was literally like so random, so random to like look over to my left shoulder and see a police officer just yelling at me going 45 miles an hour oh man so i think i think that's a great pretty much cops should stop giving well not i want to say all cases but most cases stop giving people tickets just right up next to them and just yell at them trust me they'll be so surprised and, and confused, they'll, they'll, they'll comply exactly what you're asking them to do, and they're probably going to think twice 
before doing that again because I'm like, whoa, fuck, I didn't see that guy coming. I wonder the next time, um, what if he yells at me next time? Jesus Christ. All right, enough about that. Let's, uh, let's head on over to uh, Weird New World with Ryan Sudakran. Welcome to another segment of Weird New World with Ryan Sadakran. Hello. How's it going, Ryan? It's going good. It's, How good. You? it's good to be here again. Glad to have you back again in the studio. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Uh, well, I think it would be cool to talk about the future of education. And I know that's a broad subject, but I was thinking maybe more along the lines of the future of like elementary school education or just like k through 12 education with new technologies and you know now why is that period of education significant well i think that that period is that time period of education is where students tend to express the greatest discomfort in what they're learning right because when you go to college you you pick you know what you like you have an opportunity to, to study what you're interested in whereas in k through 12 you're kind of forced into studying a whole bunch of stuff and some kids you know uh, fall out of interest of certain subjects, especially math. And I think that with like augmented reality and virtual reality tech, that the amount of students that um, you know develop a distrust in math will decrease, just because I, I think there's a lot of potential there to make it more interesting, and and not just for math, for other subjects too. So elementary uh, age is pretty much sets the tone. Uh, that the student will have towards education, towards their own education. I think so. Um, I mean, I'm. I, that's not necessarily true because I I hated math in high school, uh, or in elementary school and high school, and then I grew to love it in college. But that that the turning point for me was I had a couple of passionate teachers that were able to show me a different perspective, and I think that with you know emerging tech, especially like virtual reality, that could happen earlier in a student's career or in a student's uh, education um it doesn't have to happen in college it can happen in elementary school with some cool visualizations and whatnot now you already started talking about the uh, idea of infusing technology in education but how about let's start off with the role of educators in this scenario uh now that we're introducing more technology and more ways to explain something mm. does that change the role of a teacher and what he or she needs to know or provide right well so that's a big question i think in general um so a lot segment's of all about big questions yeah, yeah so a lot of people have different ideas about what the role of a teacher should be personally in my opinion i think the role of a teacher should be more of a, uh, a guide rather than a dictator right you know instead of saying do problems one through a hundred because you have to uh, you're kind of guiding a student through their own thinking process instead of imposing a preset thinking process onto them, right? Some students are visual learners, some students are auditory, so when you explain a concept, different students get them different ways. And of course, there's a logistics problem where you can't play on the playing field of each student because you're teaching a class of 30 plus students sometimes. So um, 
in general, though, I do think that uh, teachers should strive to be more of uh, guides, um, kind of kind of presenting the topic and then working with their students to uncover it themselves rather than shoving some curriculum down a student's throat. So would maybe even data here, like help a teacher, uh, help them pay attention to their students? Like you said, a problem is that sometimes classrooms are too big, so they can't really assess to every student's need. But maybe with technology, they can look at the numbers and realize, all right, this person responds better with this kind of work and so on. Yeah, so that is that is one thing that is being done. Um, Khan Academy has a platform for classrooms where uh, they structure lessons plan lesson plans in terms of video and exercises, and each student gets a score. And as a teacher, you can monitor their scores. Um, the you know that that I do think that that is a good step in the right direction, but at the same time, it's it's kind of it's still pretty far removed from actually teaching because I think a lot of teachers will see that. And then some of them will decide, okay, well, I'm just going to give them Khan Academy at the end of the class, just to, you know, throw it at them, right? And some and students take what they what they put in, right? So some students who are uh, more um, more personally motivated uh, will will make great use of Khan Academy, right? They'll watch the videos and then they'll do all the exercises themselves, and then they'll they'll get a lot of good feedback from that. Where some students will just be lazy and they won't do them, right? It'll just be like extra work. But but the idea that you can distribute the learning system and get some sort of information back is a good idea. But I think that uh, with like VR, right? Once VR headsets or uh, VR tech becomes easy to manufacture and, and and you can put them in place in classrooms, it might be interesting to develop more interactive ways of gauging a student's interest, right? Like so, you have a, um, an immersive activity, maybe three different types of activities. One activity where you're manipulating some sort of mathematical. Uh, system visually right like you're representing quantities and exchanges right like apples and oranges or something and you're representing an equation like 3x plus y equals blank and then you substitute like a quantity apples for x and oranges for y and then what do you get out how many apples and oranges so with vr they can physically work with the object physically so for visual learners physically might be the more responsive but you can also have an auditory cue right if you have headphones and a headset Maybe you could have a different scenario where audio is the main focus and then you're just seeing a very like nondescript visual. And then depending on a student's performance in either one of those tasks, right, maybe maybe certain groups of students perform better when manipulating the objects in 3D space, whereas other students perform better in the auditory example. And so that way you can categorize them and then maybe you can detail lesson plans to each student specifically, right? And it could be that, you know, the teacher is also in this environment with them, right? So they put on the glasses and they put on the... Like a hologram? Like a hologram. So the teacher is there with them and they're all in this 3D classroom manipulating with the same thing. Now, if you have VR, let's say everybody has VR, virtual reality, where they can access uh, pretty much the, the internet, the information out in the world. Uh, you look confused. Do you know what I'm trying to say No, no, that? I, I am. I am. Like, like pretty much you can program uh, these... Uh, lessons plans mm-hmm. and like you mentioned you can even have the instructor be a hologram so what is the point of having a classroom if maybe a student could do this from home well yeah so you know that put on the vr headset and you're in that, class that could very well go away like i don't i mean the benefit of school in my view uh, the benefit of college even this this uh, goes to college too is all this information is available online and and you know students who are homeschooled sometimes do better than students who go to public school just on 
by testing. But the benefit of school is interaction with your peers. So I do think that students should still go to school just to get that human interaction, you know, to learn a lot about being a, a person socially, right? Uh, but in terms of content, um, you could very well attend an online lesson with VR. You can, I mean, you can do that today with videos, but with VR, yeah, you can very well attend an online class or lecture. Um, on an information basis, it seems like the same thing. But I do think that they should still institute uh, real life in-person classes mm -hmm. uh, just to, you know, for socialization, for that part of human life. Now, a big problem we have in our education system is that uh, every the level of education varies according to region, according to certain beliefs in certain mm -hmm. school districts, uh, even economical ones. Uh, how do you think technology can help deal with that? Mm, well, see that the 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 idea is that uh, is that this this technology hopefully is cheap enough that it's available to more impoverished communities, which I mean maybe in ten years it will be. Um, but the thing is that if I guess if uh, people in this field develop exercises that are that are accessible to, to all learning types, right? So like a very visual, like the example I gave with apples and oranges, a very visual interactive based exercise where most students sh should be able to intuitively understand what's going on. That might be like the tipping point for a student who's never really gotten into math. So regardless of community, like everyone has, I think I believe firmly believe everyone has that trigger in their head, right? Like they have a capacity to understand a lot of concepts, but sometimes it's just, the textbook approach isn't hitting them in the right way to turn them onto the subject. So it could be that now that you give them more almost creative freedom in this space, then they can figure out connections on their own that they didn't have before. So that's why I feel like VR is, is a really good supplement so that, you know, here's here's the daily lesson plan. But now when you're trying to, you know, uh, do some exercises, this is on you. So this is their their moment to explore what the math is and if you structure it in a type of game-like environment then it doesn't seem like work I don't know maybe I, I don't know if I answered your question but uh, I guess in, in order to make this widespread the, the VR tech has to be affordable and should hopefully be instituted as like a a necessity in in high schools and I know a lot of high schools are are um, replacing textbooks with iPads and Chromebooks Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're that's just part of their um, their funding is, is is to have those that technology available, and so if that becomes a more common thing, then you know, then hopefully it'll be far reaching into into different communities. Now here's the lucrative side of education, and that's the business business of textbooks. Mm -hmm. As you know, uh, a big portion of the companies like like I. I'm not sure if you mentioned no, you mentioned Khan, but like Kaplan and others, uh, Pearson, Prentice Hall, yeah, all those. Their number one consumers are students, but in schools. So yeah, it's a big business, and it doesn't make sense in my opinion. Now with VR, and now even till now, uh, where no longer do you need to purchase a physical book, but instead download a book. Uh, does that change things once we come to the VR stage? Like essentially, are our textbooks also going to become obsolete? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, as a college student trying to save money, I mean, you find ways around buying a textbook. Like some people release PDFs online. My senior year, I didn't buy a single textbook. Actually, 
my senior and my la- second to last year at San Jose State University, I did not buy any textbooks. Yeah, as you shouldn't because, you know, honestly, a lot of the textbooks, they force you to buy, like, 12th edition or whatever. It's the 11th edition plus, like, a couple of problems or, like, a couple of redos. So it's it's business. Uh, but and that's part of the cost of tuition, though, which is a big cost. So do you feel like those are soon to be obsolete? Well, I think they're already becoming obsolete, even without VR. Right? People are using PDFs. Uh, people are figuring out other ways to get around buying them. You know, I think textbooks are only uh, only uh, sticking around because uh, they push the contracts down the throat of the universities, right? People are taking advantage of it. It's not out of a necessity. People are using ebooks all the time. People prefer to use ebooks. I don't think that textbooks really need to be this big business that they are. And even sometimes some classes, I had a class that made you pay $70 to use their ebook, even, which is bullshit, you know? Um, if we if people like upload and you know release this stuff for free i think that's better i don't believe in holding that knowledge but um to answer your question about vr what the effects will have very well it could be that the people who are distributing the vr tech will license it out to schools that's how people make money right that's how a lot of academic software makes money it's how adobe will make money licensing photoshop out to schools right that's why students get it for free it's because the university will pay uh, like a yearly fine. They subsidize fee. it, yeah. They subsidize. So it could be that for VR tech, like, okay, your VR lesson costs this much to the district or the school. That could very well be it, but there could also be things where independent developers will develop education resources. So it, it's unclear as to who will champion this new area of education, mm-hmm. but I'm sure someone will have to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. So whether or not it'll be as expensive as textbooks are it's up to the market to decide hopefully not i mean hopefully it's it's it becomes a thing that um is more affordable than than carbon copy textbooks now how early should a student start working with vr and augmented reality do you feel like there's a you know there's a a a cutoff point where uh perhaps the, the human brain is still too young to really uh fully uh work with that environment and that sense of uh, space? I think that there probably is because there's been studies done uh, about, you know, the effect of video games on an early mind, right? But then, you know, kids get used to... Uh, human beings will get used to systems, right? So you people introduce cell phones to 12-year-olds and they're already more adept in the app sphere than any adult, right? So if you're introducing them to interactive educational material early on, they'll adapt to that pretty early because children learn very fast in general right um so i mean, I don't know maybe there is a, a a dangerous age but there probably was a dangerous age for video games and, and you know, those end up happening anyways the biggest i think real health concern would be like the effect of it on your eyes in my opinion uh but i don't know i don't think uh, i don't think if if it's done in like short doses then i don't think it's dangerous but you know this is a new thing, right? There's so many problems that will occur with VR, but there's also so many benefits. I'm sure like later down the line, people will uncover things that are unexpected. Like maybe it does have a damaging effect on the brain. Maybe it'll cause PTSD, who knows? Maybe it's caused seizures. We don't know. It's a new technology. It's still in de- developmental phases right now. And I think within the next 10 years, it'll be it'll be an interesting journey uh, of discovery. But once we introduce VR to the uh, average classroom, uh, do you really think once we find uh, negative effects of it, can we re- really pull it out? 
I mean, I don't know. That's that's like a fork. I mean, I mean, as an example, it's like the NFL. Now we find out that being an NFL player does cause brain damage. Yeah. Considering how much money is involved in it, considering the fans and, and the culture behind it, can we really get rid of the NFL well, now? Well, okay, if, if... So I'm applying that logic to oh, VR, augmented reality, yeah. to, to classrooms. Well, if it's, ca- if it's definitely causing seizures, then they're going to pull it out, right? If it's for sure causing seizures in children, they're not going to have it. There'll be too many lawsuits. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. No matter how much money the VR companies would be making, they're definitely going to do that. So, and I, I really do think that before it's even instituted, they'll have test cases of like motion sickness and whatnot. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I don't think there's a fear there. If it's going to cause health problems, they'll pull it out. It's children we're talking about. There's no. Well, how about the fear of hackers? How about the fear that someone can actually hack it into a lesson plan and uh, put in information that, that's... What, you're shrugging that off like it's not no, a big it's deal? No, it's no different because the, the, the system is no different than... Because kids will use computers today, right? They'll have computerized lessons. VR will be no different than computerized lessons except that it's just a different... It's visually different, right? The security of the VR lesson is like the security of a of a PowerPoint presentation they'd be using. Right? It's, it's not the same security of being in a classroom where... The, do the, the state of authority is the teacher. The teacher controls the content of a classroom physically. Yeah. But if we get rid of the classroom and and we're depending... Oh, you're, ta- oh, you're talking about if, if like a student is accessing it from home. Yes, or oh. in general, well, even in, in, in a classroom. Well, I see. I, I think... Um, no, I don't think there's an issue there because... I mean, there's always a fear of hackers. Any security system you want. But, but never before for education like this. No, even for education. But no one wants to. What's the purpose of uh, hacking stuff for a bunch of kids? You know? I don't know. Propaganda? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this sounds like a good plot of a movie. Yeah, like some Manchurian candidates <laughs> all over the U.S. But see, the thing is... Subliminal wh- messages? I mean, they say that happens already in television. So... The only difference in VR is that it's just visually more immersive, right? I guess the, the question here is, yes, is it better for our youth to be using VR augmented for the future, for future you know, education? Yes. Safety, though. I think it's safe. I don't see any real threat that isn't already there in, in stuff that's being used today, right? There's already digital lesson plans. Like, all there's this thing called Edmodo where students will log in and do, you know, uh, and Edmodo and Khan Academy, they're already distributed online lesson plans that students access from their home. So someone could hack into Khan Academy and put a porno video up there, right? <laughs> like that's that's well, equally we- as likely as someone hacking into an online VR lesson plan. It depends on the security of the website, right? The the <laughs> the, the, the service provider. Has to have Dude, Sony's been hacked. Equifax has been hacked. Sure, yeah. Everybody has hacked. So yeah, essentially, those, nobody's safe no, from it. No, that's true. But like that, all that stuff has monetary value. Yeah. I don't see any reason for a hacker to go into like a school, like a third grade education curriculum, unless they have some weird maniacal plan to corrupt the youth, which just seems really far-fetched, right? I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not, I don't, I'm not claiming that there isn't some evil mastermind out there plotting to create an army of zombies mm-hmm. um you know maybe maybe i mean i wouldn't take it that far i'm just saying okay well put like product placement and you think they're gonna like subliminally put stuff i mean that that's the they do that already so all right any closing remarks um well i just think it's a very exciting uh, time for for all types of industries education is included and and i think that you know in the next couple of years hopefully we can see 
really cool things happening in, in you know impoverished communities too like if if we can teach people like in Africa to learn to code there's a lot of initiatives out there that are giving laptops to students so like with the advent of the internet and distributed tech like maybe we could see like this emergence of of, uh, of students that are really engaged without the net like without the um, supervision of, of teachers like it could be that a lot of students are learning resources on their on their own and that's an exciting you know prospect all right ryan thanks for coming by yeah it was fun That was Weird New World with Orion Sudakran. What do you guys think of the subject? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have a different view of the future of education and virtual reality? I'd love to hear all about it. Please send me an email at jmspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's move on to our main guest of this episode. We're going back to Andre Hart. And uh, like I said, he's a quirky character. Uh, to some, he might rub some the wrong way, but I like the guy. He has a lot of personality to him and a lot of talent. We had a great chat about uh, a lot of things. I mean, we talked about, we, of course, we talked about art. We talked about protesting, our experiences with that. We also got around to uh, simply, you know, giving our opinions about politics and how did someone such as Donald Trump made it to the White House. So here goes. This is my chat with Andre Hart. I was never really into vines. Me either, but like sometimes like I see it on a random one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is kind of funny. But I can't watch it for too long because then it like, just gets irritating. Well... I- uh, I mean, it's weird uh, confessing to this, but one thing things I would do when I'm taking a shit yeah. is watch a bunch of Vine videos. Oh. But the thing with that is because they're so short and there's so many of them, the, right. you forget the concept of time. Oh, true. So I found myself in the toilet for like an hour just yeah. watching yeah. the Vines and my legs <laughs> are all asleep. And... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one way to start off this episode, talking about taking a shit and watching Vine videos. Yeah, you know. But uh, oh, did, did we start? Yeah, oh. we're recording oh, now. okay, all right. Dude, it's great having you back, man. Uh, yeah. A lot has happened since. Uh, when was I here? When, what? Like almost like a year, year and a half, I want to say. No. You were you were one of the early, you were one of the early artists I had. I know that. Oh yeah, yeah. It was back in um, whenever that was. Yeah. It was before. I know it was before the new year. Yes, I know for sure. Because you you mentioned that you were gonna go dark. Yeah. Starting the new year. Yeah. They did half a year. Oh, you couldn't last though the whole year. Well, hold on, I got a good reason. Yeah, I met a woman. Oh yeah, and that's how they all start. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She, she, yeah, but you know, she was, uh, uh, she was uh, uh, a, a, you know, she was all right, and I guess (laughs) for however long that lasted. How long did it last? Uh, Just a few months, but it was it was cool because like. uh, so, all right, ah, fuck. I'm gonna talk about this. She, all right. So I met this girl on New Year's Eve through a friend, 
right? Hiding paintings and I was hiding paintings and shit. Uh huh. And um, why were you hiding paintings? You did like a scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was. I don't know. I was in a weird place, dude. So I was trying to like, you know. Uh, yeah, no, it's just the headset. Don't oh, worry. okay. Yeah. I was. I was trying to. Um, I was trying to hide. Uh, I, I don't know. I forget why I did it. I think I was doing it just kind of like to to get away from my old my older stuff. So you decided to scatter them around the, the town. Yeah, get them, get them, get them away from me. Like literally, get, get them yeah. away from me. Yeah, because like like it's look at, they they're just sitting in my house. Yeah, and they're looking at me, and and then I that's all I see, you know. And then like I don't want, I kind of think like what you see all around you kind of inspires what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And if every morning I'm waking up and I'm coming out of my bedroom and all I see are these old paintings, then it's just staying right here. So I figured like, I'll just... Like it, it literally gives you pain? No, nah, but like like when I, when, I, um, when I go to paint or something, you know what I mean? They're right there. <laughs> so it, get rid of I thought like get rid of them so that I don't have to you know I'm not inspired by by that I'd rather look at somebody else's stuff than my old stuff yeah do you, do you like cringe you're like oh I should have done that one a little I should have done the strokes on that one a little better or no it wasn't even that it was just um, it, it was I felt like it was time for me to change my way of painting and so this time I had like so much work, so much diverse work of like things I had done a a year prior and even a month prior and then before that and before that and so on and so forth. It was just a mixture of work and I was like, I need to get rid of this. So I came up with this thing to um, hide him out and I found this girl. And... <laughs> Uh, and like she was she one of the participants looking for your work? Nah, kinda. She was uh she was kind of seeing my friend at the time, so I didn't do anything that night. No, nah, you know what I mean. I mean, I, she was attractive, right? But I I didn't. Uh, you thought nothing of it? Nah, nah. So so I just like you know, I was hiding paintings and whatever. She had happened to pick one up, and then a couple months later, she contacted me. And uh, we started seeing each other, kind of, however you want to call it. And then um, she kind of convinced me to uh, go back on the social media. But it was good. What, did you explain to her why you did oh, it initially? Did, yeah, she didn't get it. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, you got to get back on if, if you want us to stay together. She, no, it wasn't even that. She was just like really confused to think of uh, like fucking how fucked up I am. How so? <laughs> oh, look at me. I mean, I am kind of like screw, you know, screw loose. Well, I can know. relate to that too. You know what I mean? Well, do you off the bat, you know, I have to tell them shit. Off the bat, like don't like not really wear a mask. Yeah, I have to people... tell them about that. I have to tell them about yeah. the character and all that stuff we were talking about last time. Uh-huh. I have to tell her, you know, people that I see about that stuff because they go out with me to an art show and I start acting like that they're gonna fucking leave right right like, <laughs> like this guy started off nice now he's a dick Discla- disclaimer yeah you know I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do something right now really weird and really strange and you may not like it like I'm, like this is something I do it's just for fun kids yeah. you know like Andy Kaufman sure yeah okay yeah. you can relate to that he's a comedian totally. yeah well it's it's great to be off the bat about it, you know. The last thing you want to do is, is give them too much of a good impression at first. Yeah. Only for them to realize you're a whole different person later. <laughs> Didn't work out. Long story short. And um, But she got she also got me back into painting because I really wasn't painting. 
either. So, I mean, there was some good, like, like there was bad, but there was some good, you know, and getting back on the social media was, was good. Like, I took a long time off. Six months is, I mean, even today, like, I think, yeah. unless you're, like, a, 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 a fucking farmer. A you, hermit of some kind. Or, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty recluse. Yeah. But I, I think unless you're just, like, you know, you have no idea what a cell phone is. Or what you know, Instagram or Facebook or any of that stuff is. Like, if you are on that for a period of time and you go off it, I noticed the first two weeks I I wasn't fully off it. Like, it's still kind of like I wouldn't post shit, but I would go on. Oh, and I would and I would look. Now, did you completely pull the plugs on all social media? Yeah, yeah. just specific ones. Yeah, everything. About. About a month, about a month in, I had totally just I had uninstalled everything on my phone, I, my computer. I literally was just watching like Netflix and YouTube and reading news. That was it. What do you feel you took the most out of that experience? To, uh, to, it's healthy to go off the grid. I'll tell you what, it, it's it's healthy. I mean, we, I mean, that's kind of how we communicate today. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know what I mean? Like I get it. I get why it's, it, you know, it's there. So we participate in it, right? It's just like. You know when fucking telephones came out, right? So I, I get that. I understand that <laughs> there's that, but uh, I feel like for me personally, I I, I kind of um, uh, got me away from. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain type of vanity with social media. Mm-hmm. You know, with having one, like you feel sort of compelled to. You know that old term, keep up with the Joneses. Right. Well, in some ways, you turn yourself into a product. Right. You know, you're you're yeah. out there creating this brand of of the Andre Hart profile. You choose yeah. what pictures to put on this profile, yeah. and, and 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 so on, or mm-hmm. or choose the friends to interact with, right. you know, On right. social media, yeah. And, and and you know, and people think that oh, you know, social media it's free, but it's not. So the only difference is is that they're not offering a product because you are the fucking product. Right. Exactly. You, you know, uh, advertisement pay or to Google to know about you, your profi- profile info, yeah. uh, you, the stuff you've been looking up, the stuff you've been buying. Yeah, and it comes up. You ever see that? Like the advertisements that come up every now and then? Like they know yeah. what you're into. Like the other day, I was looking at furniture at Home Depot. Yeah. And uh, I went, then I went on Facebook, <laughs> and sure enough, there was a Home Depot advertising that popped right up right? on exactly the, the, the item I was looking you at. you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a little I, trippy. I've seen that. I've, I, I have the same exact fucking... I, audio I, interface I, for when I do my music yeah yeah yeah. that's something we didn't talk about last time I, I was not aware that you were actually a musician as well yeah but I I mean it's alright I, I really love making music and writing my own songs yeah. I, I do but it's like I um, alright let's put let me put it this way if whichever whichever came first like let's say I got a record deal record company wanted to sign me i'd take that before you know if if the painting didn't come you know and then oh, okay. i'd build off of that whichever came but but i'm but i'm really um i'm I, i'm like i'm faster at doing visual so i do that mm. more more over the any music i haven't done music in in a few months but but you 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 concentrate on music just as much as, as painting the only difference is they have more experience with painting. <laughs> right. Like, I'm not... Cla- I, yeah. Like, I was taught how to draw when I was a kid. Ooh, yeah, when I was so. a kid. Um, so, like, you know what I mean? It, I, it's just always been there. And then I got into music when I was, I think, like, 19. 
I had a friend come over and I, I sang and he played like the, the, the chords and everything. And then um, soon after I was like, fuck this, I need to learn how to do that. So I kind of- Do it yourself? Yeah. But I didn't like do like those, you, you know how they have like YouTube instructional videos and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. I never did that. I had friends that kind of like showed me things. Well, I was impressed. The, the other day, uh, actually it's been a while, but you posted a video of yourself playing uh, guitar and you were playing uh, Junior Kimbrough oh meet me in the city yeah I love that song man I, I was really impressed I was like <laughs> whoa like I I mean one thing you're a musician but another thing is that you love a certain kind of blues that that not many people are, are at least our age are attuned to uh, uh, yeah juniors um well juniors responsible for a lot we we're yeah. just talking about Dan Arbach yeah he's a big influence of Dan Arbach yeah. are you are you into Burnside as well uh, I, I've heard that name. Oh man, you gotta check him out. Uh, if you dig Junior, <coughs> I like him. Burnside. Oh, I what I like about I I think it's just I don't know, it's not complicated. I I don't I mean I like some songs that are complicated, but I I also like simple. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, did you go in at nineteen learning music, uh, concentrating in blues? <clears throat> no, no, I liked um I liked folk songs back then and I remember writing uh, there was that Occupy movement and me and my uh, uh, my friend Isaiah we used to go out to the Occupy thing up in Oakland and we wrote songs for that and shit and we would go around thinking we were like you know living in the 60s <laughs> and shit shit man th- things got real uh, the Occupy movement in Oakland they did yeah but you know what though it was all fucking bullshit what do you mean like the uh, the, the riots about, and stuff no nah, nah, it just felt like I don't know I mean like when I remember going up there and being like you know I was I was 19 so like everything was really um, new to me and I, but I remember thinking like man like we, we could really do something here because there were so many fucking people yeah but so many people were just there was also this those groups of people that wanted to just fuck shit up yeah and that was stupid because it's like just, just fucking, just protest. Don't fucking throw shit. Don't fucking light buildings on fire. Cause they mm. were doing shit like that. I mm. saw them do it. We, were, I remember one time we had to leave early. We had just got back from I think we walked down to the. Oh shit! The the we were we were stopping the trying to stop the port. We went down to the port where they all the ships come or the the ships come in and then the the trucks go down. They load up the trucks. They come up. We had blocked that whole freaking thing. Oh wow! Yeah. So, and I remember. Did you just have the guitar with you, like in the on the line? I didn't play the guitar at that time. No, my okay. buddy did. I played an auto harp. An auto harp. Yeah. What's that? So it um, okay. So it, it's 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 literally got it, it's shaped kind of like a like a a diamondy kind of. Uh, sh- I can't explain it. And then it, it's got. <laughs> it's a harp, right? It's it's like a harp, but okay. it doesn't sound like that. It's got it's like a washboard kind of a kind of oh. a gig, but you play you play it kind of like you to play an accordion with the so it's portable and like you can oh, carry it around yeah and but it's heavy you know what I mean the thing was they didn't have a they didn't really have a, I didn't get the straps so I was just like you know you're walking around with the Occupy movement protesting with a heavy instrument yeah man <laughs> it was fucked up so you're you're part of this blockade at the port damn how did we get over there. We went way. <laughs> I'm liking this. Uh, I, I wonder where this goes. Oh, oh yeah. And then me, uh, okay, Isaiah and I, we, we had just started to think like, this is all bullshit. Because the whole idea was, 
to stop um, um, these businesses from making money <clears throat> by stopping the flow of the cars mm-hmm. and stuff. So we were like all gung-ho. Fuck it. We'll stay out here for a month. Because that was the idea. We're going to stop them from making money. If these trucks can't leave, they're not going to go anywhere. Well, we got down there in the so-called, you know, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, leaders or heads or whatever they thought they were. Organizers. Organizers of Occupy. We got down there. We were there for a half an hour. And they're like, okay, we did what we came to do. Let's go. Uh, and I was like, "This is fucking stupid. We didn't do anything. We, we got exercise. Yeah, went for a fucking three mile walk, and now we got to walk all the way back to fucking eat beans and bread, which is what they were serving out there. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm all for that. You know, maybe the homeless people could eat that stuff because that that's great. You know what I mean? Feed people that need it. I was like, but this was all a bunch of shit. It's not a real protest because if we were really gonna do it, we'd have camped out and." stayed there I and mean, i wouldn't do it today but back then i was totally for it mm-hmm. you know and then i remember just walking back thinking like man what a fucking waste of time yeah yeah well i, I remember back when the occupy movement happened like initially i was all for it you know initially i was like you know because mm-hmm. off the bat you know of course it's about corporate greed it's about mm-hmm. the way things are running right but then you know as i looked into at least local organizers and how they're treating it i'm like ah. First of all, you're not. It seems they're like nobody's our leader. They're like, no, we're not, have no leaders. So that's if, the first mistake too, by the way. Yeah, like you, you need a, a certain vision to guide, right? And, and a certain, I wouldn't say a person, but definitely a collective to like really tone down what, what they're right. there for. Instead of making these vague, you know, right. I mean, ideally great stuff, but it's almost too vague. Like people were protesting for like fifty different things, right? Yeah, and and then you know on top of that you know a lot of the organizers that I I knew who were mostly at college were assholes. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, I, really, these guys. All right, I, I know you, we may have known a couple of the same same people. There was this, <laughs> I don't remember his name, but he was like was this kid, this white kid with glasses and blonde hair. That's all I remember. And he got in the face of this older gentleman who had an opinion about something I, I can't remember what it was but it was the last time I ever went to any sort of Occupy meeting it was literally it for me and I was there with Isaiah because we were there to be you know the fucking anthem I guess for all this shit and uh, and he just got in the face of this guy he wouldn't let this guy voice his opinions and I don't even remember what it was the guy was, was saying um, but it was just like uh he he got in this guy's face and it was just i just remember seeing like you know him totally disrespecting this person you know like it it was crazy like he got real you know heated and shit and pretty much told him something like you know, if i can remember right it was you know you're not um we don't need to hear these ideas or we you know what i mean oh, shit. just don't don't be talking and you know, stop talking kind of thing and it was like well fuck you because i'm for freedom of speech before everything else right me personally yeah first amendment is everything for me you know otherwise we couldn't do this i couldn't paint my my pictures and those fuckers whether they like it or not couldn't assemble and do that mm-hmm. so that was that was the end for me as far as the whole occupy thing i gave up after that because i was like well this is all fucking chicken shit yeah. Do you feel like that disillusioned you? Like, do you, do you still get involved with, with the uh, some of the protests that came after it? 
such as Black nah. Lives or, or the current, you know, fascist stuff? Nah, because <clears throat> I feel like it's all organized. I feel like it's all, it, it, I, well, for one, I feel like there are aspects of Black Lives Matter that are good, and I feel like there are aspects of it that are just there to fucking promote fucking hate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To pit one side against the other. To be de- divisive. Right. And the same towards, you know, that whole shit that happened over in with the fucking Nazis and all that shit. And Berkeley? Yeah. Uh, is that what that was? Yeah. Or in, in Virginia? Or was it? The, cra- oh. the crazy one. The one with the fucking, it was the Nazis and KKK. Charlottesville. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I was keeping it local. But yeah. Yeah. Like, that's fucking... I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say it, though. I mean, like, like uh, at this point, Donald Trump's become a disappointment. At this point, <laughs> how so? To you? And what do you mean a disappointment? I think I think he has disappointed a lot of people so far. I mean, at this point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what what can he do to redeem I really, himself? I was really fucking rooting for him. Yeah. Yeah. Were you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know what, dude? I mean, you. Re- but you really got to reflect on that. How did a guy like that did become president? You know, easy, I, man. I, I th- easy. I, come on, it's easy. Yeah. All all Americans care about is 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 an image. Well, I feel an image That's true, it. but I feel also he had an entertaining factor to him mm-hmm. that gave him an edge. Yeah. And exactly. I, and me as a comic, I kind of saw that trend early on. Like I started noticing that a lot more people were mm-hmm. trusting comedians and what they say yeah. to what politicians say. Right. You know, a good example of that is the Bill Cosby case. It's like mm. for decades, Cosby's been doing you know uh, sexually assaulting women. Right. But it took someone to record Hannibal Burris's set. Right. Without Hannibal Burris's consent, recorded that set of, of him talking shit about Cosby and sexual assault. Mm. Why did it take that to create action? Right. You know, wh- why did it take a comedian, like, who, whose I, primary thing is to be funny? Right. To, to, to like, uh, to do something like that. And I feel, I feel that, that as, as great as that is, as great as that, as those things are, are, it's a double-edged sword. Because now yeah. there's the other side of it. There's yeah. a Donald Trump side of it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you know, I'm doing a painting right now um, called Pop Stars for President. That's the future, man. And and it is. It's the twenty twenty. Taylor Swift. Fuck it, no, cause because uh, Kanye West said he was gonna run, and that's and true. So I got a painting I'm working on right now of fucking Kanye. It, it's just a simple painting. It's just yeah. literally Kanye and and Donald Trump at the podium. Yeah. Debating. You know. But I think it's a very viable future. It is. You know, ha- yeah. having mainstream pop stars. I I don't know if it's specifically musicians. To say. Hey, I'm all for it though. To be honest with you, because that's cool, because I could be president someday. <laughs> it opens the doors for you. I'm serious. Would you really want that responsibility, though? Yeah, I'd do it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would, Jesus. dude. I, I think it'd be no matter what you do, you're doing something wrong to somebody. <laughs> I, well, I'm used to that. <laughs> yeah. You're more than qualified. I'm more than qualified for that aspect of it. But I, can't, I but like that, nah, I think it'd be. I think it'd be a real hoot. Uh huh. Yeah, fucking carry the flag and. So you're currently working on a painting. Are you done with it? Mm-mm. Now I just started it. Like I literally, I just mid-toned it and, and did my outline work. Now in our previous um, episode, you mentioned that a primary <laughs> reason why you were going dark was to work on your opus. 
Oh, the apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, warning. I didn't get there. <laughs> what happened? And what? Well, okay, a number of things have if to. You mind ha- me asking? Yeah, no, it's cool. There, there are a number of things that have to happen for me to get there. So, um, I tried. I tried one, right? So, and I knew that there was going to be like landscape work involved and things like that, sort of shit. So. And uh, I was like, "Well, fuck, I don't, you know." So I tried, and I was like, oh, "This isn't working." My mindset really wasn't there. Like I really tried, but you know, so I was like, "Fuck it," you know. I need to just chill out. So I met that girl. Whatever happened, right? And she got me to paint. I paint started doing portraits again, and then recently, I started doing uh, landscapes. And now that I'm doing them, and I'm doing them pretty okay like i'm thinking all right well at this point then i could just work on these and work on the other stuff and before you know it i can bring it together and then i could do that at some point you know have you not done landscapes before not really interesting Mm. let me figure that you lived in a quite rural area yeah you would think i'd fucking do it right but you know and the funny thing is i always think to myself like why don't i paint this shit like i love it too i love nature Mm-hmm. I love nature. I, I mean, I live in it, but like you know, the fucking deer will walk right up on me. You know what I mean? Where where could that paint outside you? Yeah. So, but I I just never did. So, um, well maybe uh, maybe it's kind of I don't know how to word this properly, but you know maybe there's not that as much um, appreciation for nature art. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like. If you go to an art gallery and someone's painting nature stuff, you know, I tend to just brush over them. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, you wouldn't do that with mine, though. I wouldn't. No, mad because <laughs> well, I'm changing. Well, it. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like, there's some nature paintings that right. are beautiful <laughs> it and has, that stand out. It has to be done a certain way now. I think. Hmm. Like you couldn't just like oh, like do that King Cage shit. You know, because that doesn't fly anymore. What's changed? Yeah, it's fucking. There's like so much. There's so much that everybody's doing. Like right now, at least I've noticed. I'm lucky because I do like geometrical kind of stuff, and um, I'm lucky that I I'm actually into it. You know, because if I wasn't into it, I'd probably be pissed off that people are doing it. Because mm. that's kind of how people are, right? When something, you know, they get pissed because somebody's doing this other thing, and yeah. they're so locked in their fucking. You know what I mean? It should be this way. This uh-huh. is the way it was. Like music. Uh-huh. You know, like when fucking rock and roll came along and fucking everything else after that, it's fucking the devil, the devil, you know. So they Im- immediately go and they place it somewhere else. Well, that the f- problem, the thing is, that's just where time is. And time happens to be in this geometrical sort of thing. And I think the reason for that, by the way, on my own, that's just like a little bubble, that, or one of those little light bulbs. Mm-hmm was you know came above my head um uh, is is that technology and uh all that stuff is incorporating its way into fine art and i feel like it's it's almost like we're as artists that are doing geometrical things are sort of trying to incorporate that into an old-fashioned sense of of work the problem with that is uh, eventually it's probably going to come to people not using paint anymore they're literally art in the future is going to just be digital like all virtual oh fucking a it is you know I mean I'm hold like I'm just holding on to it myself just by using the brush mm-hmm. you know but I, I'm not gonna do anything that I don't want to do it's kind of like writing like nobody really handwrites anything these days 
They'll, no. they'll type it out. Right. Nobody writes cursive anymore either. Yeah. That's interesting uh, theory there about, about painting. Mm-hmm. Because um, more than ever in this point of mankind history uh, is is art so infused in culture as far as, you know, as something as simple as creating the art of a book. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes even some logos of companies. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and uh, and never before, and I fe- I feel so far that uh, the art was this much important economically and socially. Right, it definitely is socially. Economically, I don't know what, what, the direction of that. I feel like I feel like art, and, and it's just the painful truth of it is really just meant for fucking rich people. I mean, I, I'm talking about yeah, like but- the place I was at yesterday. High art? Is that what they call it? Yeah, I guess. I guess yeah, I'd be fucking stoned to fucking buy it. But you know, I agree. For I agree, it's, it's the rich ultimately uh, put a price on on the value of mm-hmm. art. Uh, but then again, the rich, you know, sometimes art survives centuries because of the rich. That's true. That's true. No, I'm not saying it's a necessarily a bad thing. It's just that that that's where um, that's where it is. I mean, that's um, how I feel about jazz as well. I mean, I'm an all blues guy. Yeah, and I and and I, I respect jazz and I like jazz. I was I, listening to it on the way over here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, who are you listening to? I don't fucking know. Ninety one point one. K K U P. No, that's ninety one point five. Oh, there. We go. You get blues on that one. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes you get jazz. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the good jazz is on 91.1 actually I've been collecting a lot of jazz cassettes lately <laughs> I know you're like super hipster but I like it because you just plug it in and you just let it play it for the whole thing yeah I mean I don't know I'm not like a big jazz head but like every now and then like if I my my, my, my thoughts are doing this yeah well I, I'm just yeah. I'm just starting to like you know I was the, like again I respected it and, I, and there were a couple uh, jazz classics that I was into mm. but not as deep as the other genres it wasn't right. until recently where I, I, I uh, dated somebody and she was a real jazz head okay and she got you into it a little bit a bit like well she speak she she uh, gave me curiosity towards it and mm. I was like you know why why don't I try it out so I tried it out and I learned a lot I pretty much you know because for me jazz felt so out there Right. But then you listen to the classics like Count Basie. I'm like, dude, they're just playing the blues. Yeah, it, yeah. Like fundamentally, so, it's it's not so like this whole acid jazz. It's it's a recent development. Yeah. But if you go down to the classics, they're they're, they're basic blues riffs that they're right. doing, and that blew my mind. I was like, I was so ignorant mm-hmm. for all these years. Yeah. Uh, but going back to what I said about jazz, though, is like I feel uh, jazz. You know, is is why is it held? Why is why is it perceived such? You know. I don't know, pretentious almost to be because all the fucking beatniks were doing, and and the rich like I, I, yeah. feel, I feel I feel jazz would not sur- have survived if it wasn't for rich. For the rich, yeah, because uh, the, well, that's like the blues now too. I don't know about that. I, I feel blues is on the contrary. I, I think the blues was always ingrained into like work working class people. Nah, man, no, and, and uh, certain art art shows and and things like that, like high art and stuff like that. People play the fucking blues is like an avant garde kind of thing now. Uh, it's almost. I don't know how I feel about that. <clears throat> it's happened. It, it it it's happened. Do they pull it off at least? Yeah. All right. It's know. weird. It's really strange, but uh, not in all ca- not in all cases. But it's 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 kind of going there. Hmm. It's weird. That is weird. Yeah. But uh, but the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is sometimes the the rich, you know, yeah, they save it. They, they save it. Yeah. They help history a little bit. A little tiny bit. Yeah. A tiny bit. 
<laughs> not most, but in most cases, they fucking don't. They mm. fail miserably. Mm. Yeah, not not all of them. Like you know, um, I'm sure. Um, Do you ever think about that? Is like, what if your art brings so much wealth to you? Like, what, like would you know what to, to even do with it? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I, I would wouldn't. Do. I have no fucking idea. Like the really? other day, I was talking to someone at work. Like, if you had ten million dollars, what would you do? I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't need that much money, really. Fuck it, I do. I know exactly what I would do. What would you do with it? Well, first I'd go out and 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 um, you know, I'd, I'd go to Las Vegas, cause you know what I mean, and I'd buy probably about fifty hookers, eight grams of coke. Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. do fucking lines off of all their asses. So you have a way no, better I'm imagination kidding. than me. <laughs> kidding. Honestly, if I had all that money, uh, not that I need it, I would, one, I would, it, this is truthful, I'm not fucking around. I'd buy a house. Not mm. an expensive house. <clears throat> but I'd buy a house probably by the ocean somewhere. Not not in Florida. Except for Florida? Yeah, fuck that. Because, like, I don't want hurt, you know, the hurricanes and shit happen down there. I'd buy it, like, over here. I'd buy a house near the ocean and, uh, I'd probably buy some sort of art complex where artists could, like, you know, fucking rent out spaces to paint and shit like that. And I'd have my own spot in there and stuff where I could do my thing. And I'd probably open up a gallery. You know what I mean? For um, uh, emerging artists, really good emerging artists, though. Uh, not, you know what I mean? Nothing mediocre. I would really make sure, like, you know, I, I'd really, I'd take a chance on on some people, some younger people. You know what I mean? Really try. I mean, there are galleries that do that. I'm not saying, like, I'd be the only one doing that. But I would, you know what I mean? I, it, it's hard. Like, because I'm not there yet. I could get there, I think, if I just keep trying. You know, like, I feel like perseverance and hard work will pay off eventually for me. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, there's all that doubt that comes in every so often, you know, and I stop painting and stuff like that. And I know that feeling, that struggling feeling of trying to, to get to that, that just at least a place where you can survive off of what you're doing that you love, you know, and <clears throat> you can do it, you know, on a, on a grand stage like that, you know. And it's not initially to... I don't know, I had this weird thought last night with my friend who went with me. I said, you know what? I don't even really like being at these fucking things. Like, I don't. I fucking, there's all these, too many people. It's so fucking cluttered. I maybe talked to four or five people out of, I don't know, there must have been a thousand people that walked in there in this little ass place, you know? And you, you know what I mean? And then like, and then you go home. And then you get on the freeway and then you go home. I was like, the best part about that realistically was the fact that I left and I went somewhere I came back, yeah. And but I like you know like being on the freeway and stuff like that with your buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was actually the most pleasurable thing of it. And it's not because I didn't win, win that thing. I could have won that and felt the same fucking way. Hmm. You know, because I I did a, <clears throat> I did, I did a show at, at works. So I've done I've done two or three types uh, forms of solo shows, and I've had the same feeling. I was there for fifteen minutes and I wanted to leave. Because it's just like, well, how many people can you talk to? How many connection, real connections are you going to make anyway? You know, so that's what I that's what I got out of last night was if I ever made it 
to that s- stature where like you know I was recognized and you know those types of folks that you know what I mean they're fucking that post a picture on the fucking on, on, on the Instagram they give you like Rothko level yeah like Roth yeah like Rothko and you know what I mean I, I, I still I feel like the the only th- good thing that would come of that is having people around me that I actually give a shit about to go to these events. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, none of my friends would have to work a day of their lives again. Now, do you feel, is it because you, you don't feel comfortable around so many strangers? Yeah. Or is it no. specifically the art crowd? No, no. It, uh, like, do you feel comfortable among your, your art peers? Well, not, not peers, but other artists. In a group so, like that. Some, sometimes, sometimes, um, uh, it, it depends, I guess, really. I think it's just people in gen- general. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not good at, at the whole social aspect of things. I'm good at one-on-one or like, you know, small, intimate sort of environments, but there were big crowds. It's just like, you know. So like music festivals, you feel the same way? Music's or? different. I can, how, I can handle that. How so? Is it because you're you're actively okay well, tuning into something? Right. Be, okay. So here's okay. There was a, a friend, another friend of mine who joined us up there last night, and, and this is going to tie into what you asked. Uh, we went out to eat after, and my friend had brought her friend, uh, her friend, this uh, guy, uh, Frank, and he um, he's a musician. He's like a working musician or a, a performing musician. So he doesn't, I mean, he writes songs and shit like that, but he primarily is performing, right, uh, with other people. And and he asked me something like that, and I said, why? Well, I said, it's different for you if you were playing a show because he, you're on the stage and your art is away from the people and they, they, they are just taking it. You're up there. So you're actively giving it to them in that moment where I have to be on the floor with them in the crowd with my work over there. So instead of me being up on stage, it's something I've already produced. So if they don't have their own, you know what I mean, their own um, imagination to sit there and think about it, they're going to ask me or I have to approach people to network whereas somebody comes out at a music show and says oh it's fucking Dan Arbach and blah 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 and this guy you know here's his this is how you find his stuff online and this that and the other and the guy disappears into the back room and may not come out and socialize with the crowd mm-hmm. whereas I have to actually do all that shit on my own you know what I mean to go out and well another factor as well is when you're seeing someone playing music you're seeing them doing their art you seeing it happen, yeah. And in in our galleries, you don't see that. You just see the final product, right? How do you feel about live painting? That's fun. Yeah, you've I'd, done it. Yeah, do, yeah. Do you prefer attending those kind of things? Yeah, I did it. I did. I, I did it this one time. I, I painted this big wall. You painted a wall. Yeah. <laughs> you painted a wall. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't. Remember, not too many people remember that. But <laughs> what, was, what was the logic behind that one? Uh, some fucking chick. A chick? You remember? Wow, oh no, you're talking about the mural. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like a. I guess technically that's a live painting. Oh, that's totally. Yeah, uh, but, but it was inter. It was interactive. Right. I mean, I, you know, I do enjoy live painting, but um, I, I was thinking something more smaller scale, like you know, at oh, an like art like, walk like or... a little. Oh fuck that. 
No, you're not into that. I was back in the day, but like now it's just I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I don't know. It's weird because um, it, it's not like it used to be. Like like before, it was it was new, and I don't know. I feel like art's really personal for me. Like painting is super personal. When there's people around, it, it you know what I mean. Back then, no, but now I feel like it would just be like, oh, fuck. Like, I did it, actually, recently for a friend. You painted in front of them? Yeah, he had. they had something going on over at St. James Park, and it was, like, the first one. And uh, Force 129, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Fernando, as artist. Well, he, he asked me to come file. I was like, all right. He was like, do you want to sell stuff? I was like, no, nah, I don't do that shit no more. And uh, he was like, well, I was like, can you please come and help out? And Lala was like, yeah, I'll, I'll paint live. I'll do that. Fuck it. So I, I, you know, I rounded up one of my models and brought her out there and, and, and I painted her in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. But I can't finish a painting in front of everybody because of the way I work. But it, it I don't know, it wasn't the same. It, it, it wasn't entertaining for me. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it that much. Was it more stressful now that you have like, people around you? Yeah, because like uh, security's got to be off the charts, you know. It, it, <laughs> and St. James Park too. Yeah, the fucking shit was crazy, you know. <laughs> I was like, my god, like I, I got like expensive shit here. I'm not using acrylics. I'm using oils. Oh, you know what I mean? The fucking some, some might get high off that. Uh, I'm sure I did. You know, like the only thing that was really enjoyable was, uh, you know, the company of the the model. You know, because when I paint somebody, if there's an interactive sort of thing going on. They they don't have to be totally still with me. I don't let them. I want them to kind of interact. How do you go about working with models? Like, how do you feel about that collaboration? What do you mean? Like, do you find it difficult to to ask people to model for you, or no, is there? That's easy. Is it? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm into photography as well. Yeah. And I kind of want to start, you know, part doing like a photography series with a model. Mm. But I'm, I'm too shy. I'm like, I don't know. Like, well, why well, you're not asking her out. But still, I feel it's a very, very intimate thing to be like, be part of my art. No, you just, hey, I, um, I'm the way I approach it is, hey, I think you're, I think you have beautiful features I'd like to paint you. Never had a no. Do they blush? They're like, oh my god. No. Huh. Yeah. Well, I, sometimes. But then I end up with those people. Oh. <laughs> you know, involved. You know, stuff like that. But that's because that's my intent. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not only are you looking for subjects to paint. But not all the time. You're no. looking at companion, for a companion at the same time? Sometimes. 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 That's my way. That's my, <laughs> that's my line. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Oh my god, you're so beautiful! I, I just I have to paint you. And if they already know know what I do, it's easier, you know. Is there a specific trait that you look for in a model? Um, yeah. Now, a uh, long neck, like hmm. a thin, thin long neck for some reason. Uh, decent size ears. The neck and the ears. Yeah, ears, and hmm. um, I, I've been focusing more on African American women. Hmm. This uh, this round. What is about the ears? I don't know. They're they're just interesting shapes. Uh-huh. I, I I just the shape is is interesting to me. You know, when you look at it, it it's it's ge- it's geometrical. Do you do you ever get like creative license uh, and like kind of manipulate the port the size of someone's feature? Oh yeah, 
totally yeah and that's always the disclaimer too by the way if they don't know if they don't know what i do like hey you know like this it's it's gonna look like you but you you know you might fucking be blue yeah and you might you know you might have like a big fucking you know chunk of skin falling off your fucking eyebrow yeah you know it look appear like that yeah (laughs) but um i don't know like the last couple models were uh well the first one of this last series was that girl so that was easy you know she was african-american and uh she didn't like it because i didn't paint her fucking i haven't been painting hair Mm -hmm. yeah and she wanted me to like do hair but i i just fucking didn't do didn't do it and uh you know i don't know how she felt about that painting to be honest with you it fucking looked like her though Hmm. i'll tell you that it it looked like her yeah it was her huh yeah i don't know i feel i feel uh i don't know about you but i feel a little weird when i'm working with actors actresses or actors Mm. and i'm and i'm i'm trying to film a certain way and then they tell me this is you know I guess quote unquote suggest me how someone went to film them. Oh yeah, I've had that shit. Like, I, I can't stand that. Yeah, I'm like, oh come on, dude. Like, it's like Nate, your col- the col- your collaborative effort in this is the subject, like not the input. You know, and uh, unless like that's what you're going for from the jump, but. Yeah, I feel like sometimes some models are like, you know, they're really self-absorbed and they want, you know, some sort of creative control over what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know. And but I, I take that as a as as a as a disrespectful type of, um, you know, type of thing. It's like, well, you you are the art. You're going to become the art, but you're not the artist, you know. Like I don't really think models are artists, unless they're doing art. You don't think modeling is a, an art form? No. I guess it's more about the fashion, I suppose. Yeah, it, uh, it's image, it's fashion, it's it's all it's all of that because it, it's. I don't know. I, I could get fucking heat for that, but I don't think modeling is really art. Hmm. Why is that? Well, it depends on what type of modeling it is, too, though. Because there's that type of like body painting shit where people stand around in a pose. And then, of course, that is art. But, like, somebody who stands in front of a camera, like a picture, mm-hmm. or um, or a painter that just wants them to sit, those type of models, that's not they're not doing art. They're, about, they're sitting. How about r- runway models? The whole catwalk thing. Yeah, you can call that art. Yeah. You can call that art. It's fashion, but, fa- they, you know, they th- fucking find a way to throw that into art. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you, you ever thought about doing uh, some fashion? No. Art? No. Not really. I mean, my brother does shit. Like, he, uh, he's a drag queen, so he, like, makes all his own dresses and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. How long has he been doing the, the drag queen stuff? I don't know. Ever since we were kids. Fascinating. I'd be fucking Captain Hook, and he'd be something far out, like fucking Mary Poppins. <laughs> You know, you play when you're a kid and shit. Right, right. You know what I mean? But that, that was always got me. It wasn't that he was dressed up like a girl that tripped me out. Yeah. It was he was never in the same fucking movie as me. <laughs> you know? Like Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. And, and, and the Joker. I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah. you know, stay in the fucking. Let's be consistent let's, here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Fucking what happened to Catwoman. Or fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? But, you know, like. 
I don't know, maybe I should have been fucking Leonardo da Vinci while he was fucking the other chick. Hmm. <laughs> the one that fucking threw her arms up and fucking... The Titanic one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you remember? She did that shit. Uh-huh. Fuck. Well, that's fascinating. How long has he been... Uh, well, from a kid, but is he, like, doing the whole modeling drag queen... He did for a minute. Like, he does, every now and then he goes out and he does an appearance and stuff. In San Francisco, I assume? Yeah. But it, it's it, he doesn't do it as much as... As he used to, you know what I mean? Because he's like in his thirties now and stuff, and you know, a, a woman's beauty leaves at a certain age. <laughs> well, some say they age like wine. Yeah, Sometimes they, yeah, you got you got yeah. look at get change the perspective <laughs> yeah. to appreciate it in a different way. That that, that queen's lost some of her touch. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, he's good. I, he he uh, he did a um, he did something not that long. Uh, no, it was a while back. Fe- February or no, no, it was after that. It's like April. Or something, uh, and, and I had gone up there with him and stuff, and he kind of uh, he did all right, but he was drunk, so you know it was hard for him, I think, to keep keep her going. But you hmm. know he gets the look down, like he's convincing for sure. Wow. Now, do you usually get drunk when you you do your art? <laughs> no. No. No, I have to be sober headed now nowadays. Oh, it's, it's a recent. You're sober now. No, no. But well, right now I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, at this moment, you at are. this moment I am. But in general, you don't longer drink when you're working on on a painting. I I could probably have a drink. I could probably have a drink, but I can't smoke or do blow or anything like that while I'm painting anymore. Do you feel like it helps being sober? Sure. <laughs> don't sound convinced at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I yeah, I, because uh, I can remember shit. Like if I do something, I can remember it and form a process. Whereas before, I really didn't know what I was doing. Like honestly, I had almost no idea what my process was prior to uh, this last round of painting. Like this round of painting, I actually have a process that I go through that I've built up for myself. Whereas before, I I didn't have one. I was probably from being fucking intoxicated almost all the time. Hmm. All right. Well, it looks like you're back on social media. Yeah. And it looks like you're going back. In, you're still in painting. You got, you're catching on to the latest wave of of, of painting inspiration. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so what, what kind of stuff are you, are you kind of working right now? On? Yeah. Uh, Is there a certain theme? Portraits, landscapes. Well, I, I set myself something up here. I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna do four landscapes. I'm gonna do four landscapes with people. And then uh, I'm gonna do four four portraits, but those are kind of done. And then I'm gonna do four rooms, like rooms. And then I'm gonna do four rooms with people. And then maybe about four or five or so, um, like politically themed kind of topical. Um, now, what's the deal with the whole f- in fours? I don't know, cause I have four portraits <laughs> already kind of done. So I was like, all right, I don't wanna do any more of those. So I was like, I'll right, keep it in fours. You can't keep, you can't do that fifth one. You want to keep it even number? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, honestly, I say that now, but that could change. Like mm-hmm. I didn't paint any apocalyptic shit, so you know you can't hold me to it. But I mean, I'll you know try. But I I don't know. It's uh, it I, I'm, I'm I have no real um, I have no real uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, I have nothing set up. 
like I don't have a show to work for it's the first time where I haven't had like something like usually when I'm painting like there's a show I, I have to fucking I have a deadline hmm. so right now I'm just I'm just doing it just kind of hard I mean I don't miss school but one of the stuff I do miss about school is setting up deadlines for my scripts you had to do it yeah I had to do it mm-hmm. like sometimes on the on the night up uh, but but now I'm like now that I have no deadline to my own stories I'm like dude like I, I just been lagging right right you know I just the time passes on I'm like and the self hate is even more because I'm like, yeah. kind of, how, how can I call myself a writer if I'm not even writing? Right. I heard, I heard there was a fucking fist fight at a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. What uh, the fuck two was weeks that? Ago. What the fuck was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at uh, at Scotty. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure if you, if you knew, but I run a every yeah. Wednesday. I run a, a comedy but, right show yeah. at Scotty. Yeah, I know about that. And uh, I, I went to it. I saw you there. You didn't see me though. Oh yeah, you were hiding. Yeah, you couldn't say hi. I, I always go incognito when I go yeah. to San Jose functions. <laughs> I wouldn't call this a function, <laughs> as, as you can tell. Yeah. Well, I didn't <laughs> see this one, but what happened? Uh, it was just some petty comedy beef. You know, do uh, comedians? We are very um, sensitive, delicate people, and sometimes mm-hmm. we we take uh, things too far. And unfortunately, I, I I know the the people who were involved in the fight, and uh, I and. It was petty. Who said? Who? What was? It was over. Was it racial or was it? No, over? nothing like that. When it comes to comics, it's more about like you're talking shit about me and talking shit about my jokes. You know, like I don't know. Once the last time, I mean, I'm not sure in art, but if you talk shit about someone's art, like, would you guys go to fisticuffs over it? That's never happened. But but I've <laughs> gotten a lot of fights. And in, in comedy, it's like you talk shit about someone's. Uh, Material, it's a it's a it's a big offense, right? So oh well, yeah, it is in all forms. So so they were they're arguing outside, and I go outside because you know I noticed they're in each other's face. Yeah, and they're like you don't get laughs at this place, and your joke shit's here, and you're an alcoholic. I was like, I was like guys, can you take it to somewhere else? Right, right. Because I'm still running the show. Right. And I go back in, you know, to to you know give the light to the comedian to give him a minute right. to finish his set. And sure enough, I see them outside, you know, <laughs> going at it. I'm like, oh fuck. I got some jokes, but, but but it wasn't very exciting. Like it, when it's yeah. two comedians fighting, it's not a good fight. I, I bet it's probably. It, f- it, was, it was more of a of a weird. Uh, what's the word? It was just an awkward. It was just awkward. I can imagine. I mean, I don't know. Like co- comedy is, uh, comedy is really um, really good for um, like you know, I think uh, getting a perspective on shit. It's like the best way to talk about politics for sure. It is because, like, it's, if it's done with a joke, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's got a punchline, then you know what I mean? I feel like you could cut. Like, we were just talking about that earlier. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it, it really is. I mean, well, it makes sense because it's through laughter because everybody today is so fucking touchy touchy and gets offense, offended so easy yeah. over shit that really we shouldn't be offended by. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like everything's racist today to everybody everything is fucking racist mm-hmm. like you can't tell any you can't make fun of the food somebody eats you know what i mean you can't cook the food that somebody another culture eats yeah you know they, they call it you're culturally uh, appropriating yeah fuck that that's stupid that's so silly well i mean there's good intentions behind it but i think some people can take it too far i yeah. think the best example recently i'm not sure are you into basketball no, no, me no. neither. But there, there's this. Uh, lo- he's actually from Palo Alto, Jeremy Lin. Mm-hmm. 
and who's Asian, mm-hmm. and he decided to get you know so, you know the little hair he has. He, he got corn rolls. Okay. And a uh, black basketball, uh, uh, kind of an icon, you know, called him out on it for mm-hmm. cultural appropriation. And Jeremy then's like, "Well, dude, how about you with your Chinese tattoos?" Like, <laughs> right, right. Some people could dish it out, but you know when it's they can't thrown back at it, they can't. Yeah, and I don't even think it's dis- I don't even think he was doing the corn rolls for disrespect. No, and which was one of his points because he made a statement about it. It was, yeah. it was definitely not out of disrespect. It's not like he d- fucking did blackface and walked out onto the court. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. Like that, that itself is an extreme. That right. I, f- I feel they're in the wrong. Right. But these days, people they just don't really measure yeah. those stuff. They, yeah. they, they, they just... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> you, 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 you're one step over that line and they freak out. Yeah. Yeah, you can't... Yeah, you can't even... Yeah, you can't even put your toe over it anymore. Yeah. And Bill Moore makes a great point. Is, isn't the idea of diversity cultural appropriation? Yeah. That's right. The, the idea that mm-hmm. you, you cannot just diversify, yeah. uh, you know, what other cultures have artistically and, right. and, and like, food-wise. Yeah, in that case, we should fucking the whole country is because that's what this country is all about at its roots, right? I mean, if I mean if, if it really is supposed to be what it's supposed to be, then that's every race, religion, and everything is accepted here, even if it's fucking crazy. Like like to 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 somebody, you know what I mean, and they can't stand it. It's un, you know unfortunately allowed. That's why I fucking the Ku Klux Klan go protest. You know what I mean? I fucking think it's terrible. I think it's fucking you know uh, disgusting. But they're allowed to do it as long as they're not fucking anybody up. Yeah. Yeah. Which they fucking did. Mm-hmm. This didn't somebody fucking drive a car? Yeah, Charlottesville. You know what I mean? Okay, so that's fucking. That's where they fucked up. They fucked up with that, and you know, possibly, you know, fucking lynching people in the '60s might have something to do with it too. That could be pretty fucking. Well, I think for pretty bad for most of the early 19th century, 20th century. Yeah, they've been they've been lynching people. Yeah, but like other than other than that, like if you're into something. You know what I mean? You're allowed to do it here as long as you're not fucking stealing from someone or hurting somebody or... Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, if you fucking just say something that... that You know what I mean? Unless your fucking words are like bullets and uh-huh. can kill... Literally kill somebody, then I... You know what I mean? Once it gets violent, then... Then it's then it's fucked up. Yeah. Then, then Any argument's moot. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then, On then either you're side. Done. You're done. Right. You're done. Yeah, you're done. You you should be you should go to fucking jail, because you can't handle yourself. And I see your point, man. It's because it's shitty that there's people like that, racist. Right. But you know, uh, you know, we really gotta come from a place of understanding. In in a sense, like how can we change their mind? Right. You know, peacefully, whatever. Right. And sometimes it just takes to listening. Uh huh. If you don't listen to them. Those fuckers are uh, brainwashed. Uh, yeah, they're brainwashed yeah. because they were raised like that as kids, to think like that. Because the Ku Klux Klan, if I'm right, they believe through uh, like biblical reasons, a, a good number of them, that the black African American race or anything outside of the white skin tone it comes from Satan. Mm-hmm. That's real talk. That that's some shit that they believe. You know what I mean? So you'd have to fucking take all those years of soaking, you know, 
just that shit being soaked into their head to to drain it out you know so, but uh, yeah you have to it's yin and yang man you gotta take the good with the bad even if we hate it you know somebody does fucking cornrows though on their fucking head that's crazy yeah that somebody got, uh, that that uh, you you shouldn't be doing that yeah but the thing is on the other side of the coin uh that that guy the that made that comment he's allowed to say that you know, even if I disagree with him, he's allowed to say that. He's allowed to have that opinion. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, I, I guess what what I was thinking is like um, comedians fighting, because that's where, where this came from, right? Yeah. Uh, this comedians fighting. It's like, well, then, why are you doing comedy? You know, why are you? Why, why well, are people you do comedy out? for different reasons. Yeah. You know, some do it. Uh, I don't know, just, I guess, uh, to get attention they felt they never really had. Okay, some people yeah. c- control people laughing at them. Mm. Uh, some people do it for therapy reasons. Some do it uh, because they got nothing else, re- you know, nothing to lose reasons. Right. Everybody, at least from, I could speak for comedy, they have their reasons to get involved, put themselves in that situation. Uh, but the thing is, as talking about, we're talking about something culturally in our country. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, we need to be careful because some people, you know, again, will confuse com- comedians' jokes as statements. Right. And and that's where I feel a line needs to be drawn because the last thing I want is to make, I don't know, maybe I, I take the risk to make a racial joke. Right. And then I get labeled a racist. Right. You know, it, it, it's, and I think Chris Rock said it best, <laughs> is, is a, a, sh- a shitty joke won't last. If nobody laughs at it, a comedian right. is not going to keep doing it. Right. On that note, though, locally, there's some communities who are just in another reality, hmm. or they do the same shitty jokes over and over again, and really? in their head they think it's hmm. they killed, but it but doesn't. they didn't. Right. So you know you're dealing with that as well. Some people just don't uh, are just not in reality. Well, yeah, that's a good place to be. <laughs> Fucking out of this. <laughs> I think most people in this country temporary to be reality temporary shithole that we're living in. It's, yeah. You know this. You know fucking pending fucking um, road towards death. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I'm not afraid of it or anything, but it's you know it's it's fucking gonna happen. That's 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 what fascinates me about these um, about about people who get really uptight about shit because at the end of the day, nothing really fucking matters. Mm. When you really think about it, yeah. Like at the end of the day, nothing fucking matters because one day we're all gonna be fucking dead. You know what I mean? And it's like, what? Why are we all getting uptight over so much stupid shit? We should all just be happy, try to get along with each other. Yeah. I mean, I know that sounds like real hippie kumbaya. Well, it makes sense, dude. But do you know how many fucking sperm cells died? Yeah. And you were the one fucking sperm yeah. cell that made it through. You know what I mean? You came through the fucking sack and you you know what I mean you right. swam all the way up against all the odds you made it and you were you that, became born and you know what that's why fucking nobody could say they're not a winner because <laughs> that fucker crossed one finish line in, in his life yeah 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 and that was it that was the that was the finish line like and I'm behind you as far as death you know I'm like dude it's 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 you know because I, I work I think of that when I'm working as well it's like somebody at the end of the day when I die does somebody even give a shit about what I got it doesn't, it doesn't I'm dead what does it matter not We're unless you're fam- not unless you're famous I, I, everything goes away eventually yeah. but I, I I label myself as a, an emotional nihilist mm. 
you know, which is a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah. You know, where, where it's like, uh, I, because I see everything some, like most of the time meaningless. Right. I feel like it's all, I, I have to create a meaning to it for me. Right. You know, it's, it's like a lot, 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 lot like a, a guitar. It's like it's just wood and, and a string. It's nothing. <coughs> but maybe if you play it a certain way, manipulate it, create music out of it. True, true. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Some things are like um, bullshit, though. You know what I mean? Like, they mean nothing to you. Like some, like last night, my friend, uh, like I have trouble going up and talking to people. And my friend said, he says, he says, why can't you just go and talk to these artists and ask them about their work? I was like, because I don't give a shit. I was like, and I fucking wouldn't care. Like, like I mean, yeah, like, like if yeah. I went up to him and asked him, it'd be totally out of vanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm talking to somebody. Like, oh, so fucking, you know, this is cool, man. Tell me about it. But inside, I'm really like, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. So you know, why? So why go and approach them and start that shit? You know what I mean? I mean, because then I'm just fucking standing there like, fuck. Now, you know, I did the only real reason I did this was so people look like I'm fucking social. So that I can appear to be social. I've been there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, this is silly. I'm not going to do that anymore. If yeah. I want to talk to somebody, I will go talk to them. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like I think my shit doesn't stink. Mm-hmm. It's fucking insecurity, want probably, and, and you know, just, I don't, probably mostly just <laughs> insecurity, not, you know, not knowing what to say or how to approach somebody and just mostly being a reclusive person. Yeah. Not, not, you know what I mean? I don't need to fucking know about your fucking piece. I see it. I had that conversation last night. I was at a diner with a couple of friends and they were talking about like, oh, you know, once, what happens when you start building a fan base? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm nervous. It makes me nervous because uh, most of the time I, I am reclusive. I am cranky. I'm, I'm yeah. like, I, I'm not good around other people usually. Right. So last thing I want is to have a fan come up to me and I'm in a bad mood and and like I, I I'm a total dick to them. Yeah. And then they'll stop, you know, tuning into my stuff. Yeah. It's bound to happen. You know, it's like yeah. so I'm like ah, there I lost the listener. I've had that happen to me, by the way. Isn't it the worst feeling? Yeah, because they they assume because you're okay because if they if they're really into you into what you're doing at least they they have an image of you in your head in their head and they ex, you know they expect they have an expectation <laughs> and if you don't meet that expectation then you know that it starts to fade away like there's a i'm not going to name them but there's a couple people where i've seen it happen totally totally fucking happen yeah like that the moment i started saying something um you know fucking you know aggressive about any certain situation it was like wow this fucking guy he gets mad yeah yeah i get fucking i get mad and the thing is like uh, you know it's like don't take it personal I'm just not it. I'm not here right now I'm like yeah it's like well you are there that's the thing you you, you are there the, the problem is is people if they have heroes and things like that they can build these heroes up and you know yeah. it's all just a fucking image yeah. it's all just an image that they're looking at and they perceive it yeah. like everything is just a matter of what we think it is like I got some local heroes, like in blues. I won't name his name, but I, there's this great blues musician. Yeah. And I, I check him out live. I'm like, yeah, I was, I was really excited. Well, I see name. I mean, like him. And and then and then I I I tend to talk to him once, 
but he kind of brushed me off. Oh no! And I'm like, oh wait, I need to stay away from this guy. Like I, lo- I'm, I still love his work, right? And I still go see him, but I right. now know I have to keep a distance right. if I want to maintain that fandom. <laughs> you know, because I understand, yeah. like you know, people, you know, are sometimes they're just in a bad mood, yeah, and you happen to be in in the vicinity of it. True that. I mean, I, fucking, somebody had said about me. <clears throat> So I caught somebody talking shit about me once. Not too long ago. I went to this show. A friend of mine had uh, a bunch of artists' works in this show. And my friend, uh, my, my best friend, was with me. And he's telling me that this guy, this other artist, was talking shit about me. Like the night before. But he didn't know that, that he was my best. That he was saying all this shit about me to my best friend. <laughs> he thought he was just saying to somebody that knew me. Right. <clears throat> my best friend never used to be into art but he hung around me enough so he'd go with me to all this shit so now he's like hanging work and stuff like that <clears throat> and he's helping hang this show and this guy's essentially said to him oh yeah Andre Hart he's he's an asshole you know but I, I can I can respect his uh I can separate the art from the person though but he's an asshole and um and some other things he had said and uh <clears throat> And then uh, my, my friend's telling me all this, and, and as we're standing out in the parking lot, this guy actually drives up right alongside and parks where my car is. And I didn't see him, that it was him. I thought it was somebody else, and they go in and do their thing. And all of a sudden, I see him coming over, and he approaches me. <laughs> and he comes up to me, and he says, um, he says, where have you been? Because I haven't shown my face in a long time. And I mean, I go out. I've gone out while I was on my little hideaway but I didn't go to like art functions and shit like that um so this was like kind of my first time and he comes out oh, wait, where have you been I was and out of nowhere like subconsciously he told me what he was really doing he goes oh I was talking shit about you the other day and I was like oh yeah why and this was the subconscious thing he's I don't think he realized he, this is the real reason why he was talking shit and he had said this he said oh because you haven't been around so examine that. He had talked all this shit to my friend. Yeah. Okay. And he did it in his words. because And he, he was saying it jokingly. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like, oh, because you weren't around. And I, like, 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 it didn't mean anything in his mind. But it does mean something. Because if you examine that statement, I wasn't around, therefore he was talking shit. Because if I was there, he wouldn't have been talking shit. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have done it if I was there. So that's actually the real reason why he was doing it. He feels all these things that he was saying to my friend, but he wouldn't dare say it to me. And I didn't elaborate on any of the things he said. I let him essentially stand there and talk about himself and everything because I was having a conversation with my friend. I really didn't want to talk to him. And so the whole time on my mind, I'm thinking, what could I do to this guy? to fucking you know change his opinion about me being ass- an asshole because I don't understand how he got that because he wasn't even around when all that other bullshit where people were calling me assholes all the time mm-hmm. where he could even have a statement on it and uh, or an opinion I'm sorry an opinion on it and I'm listening to him really listening to him talk and I caught a couple of I caught a couple of things from him while he was talking he was saying things like uh, oh, I've been seeing you do the geometrical things, and I've been incorporating that in my work. I was like, okay, so there's the jealousy part because you want to do that, but you can't. And I was like, but you'd like to do that, 
so in some way you're looking up to me and so and and all the sudden things so I was like you know what in my mind like as he's speaking I was like I'm just gonna kill this guy with kindness so I gave him advice and I said look I said just treat geometrics like you would treat the figure and you'll be okay just don't overthink it you know because you guys good at doing figurative work and you know he asked me to come inside I don't really feel like going inside and whatever and he went on his way but here's somebody that may have had this view of me and because he heard all these things or whatever got a distorted view of me you know and it's like the opposite it's almost like the opposite of what we were talking about where he expected me probably to be a fucking jerk mm -hmm. and I wasn't I wasn't an asshole you know I actually thought about what I was gonna say <laughs> and it just and it just fire off you yeah. know well, it's an interesting decision you made right there, you know? It's probably because I'm not doing anything, any fucking blow or anything. Yeah. That shit will fucking make you fire off. I just naturally have it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I do too, but you know what I mean? For some reason in that moment, yeah. I was able to... Do you, do you feel that signifies uh, a sense of growth for you personally? Nah, a little bit. I mean, it's growth, but I think it's also just like jaded well, you took the high road. Yeah, I just didn't want to deal with... Because, uh, yeah, because I was like, well, I don't have to fight this guy. You know, I don't... It, over what? He talks shit to my friend. I feel like I have the victory in that because I, I know something you don't know. Like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But he knew because he was standing there with the guy. Because my friend was st standing right there while he was... While he approached me. Mm -hmm. So he knew that that guy had told me what he said yeah you put he, you put two things together he had, he had to have yeah he had to have you know so it was like a really weird moment but then like afterwards i had told my friend i'm like this is why i don't like coming to these fucking things in san jose because fucking i got it I oh, do you feel it's unique to san jose i feel like a, what a, this interaction that happened to you among artists this this art beef that your jealousy the artist talking shit yeah no it's healthy it's all hell hmm. it's totally healthy it's good. You got to have that. You got to have people who are proud of somebody else, jealous of somebody else, or you know what I mean, uh, influence and all that other stuff. Like everything that's happening here, if you really look at it, it has all the potential to become a, um, a great art scene. The only problem is, we've said this before, there's no collectors, there's no... Um, there, there is no um, not enough buyers. Well, that's collector. Yeah. Oh, okay. Buyers, collectors. I have no idea the difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buyers are co collectors, um, the, and actually above all, there's not enough galleries. Like really? I, like I notice, I notice in like Oakland and 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 San Francisco, there's hundreds of galleries. Huh. Hundreds of galleries, and it's city driven. So a lot of people are gonna flux into these into these th you know cultural you know they're built on that those cities are they're built on that on that shit this town is built on you know farmland of tech and so you know they're trying so hard you know but the problem is there's not enough galleries there's not enough collectors you know there's there's not enough once once there's you know once there's more and not just more but more uh quality too because it's not just about strength and numbers mm -hmm. you know what i mean right. but there has to be like more of a presence like like a, a gallery aspect presence like first fridays and shit like that isn't going to cut it 
because it you know what i mean it's not uh the artist isn't profit isn't profiting you know what i mean mm-hmm. that that well and it's not good it's not great art either like the great a great art is typically inside uh a gallery or on a, or on a on a big fucking mural nowadays so you know what i mean it's it's there's far and few you could find some in those markets though there are some really good artists in those markets but it's more than a festival it's gonna take more than a festival to make up you know what i mean right a, a, a really whatever good scene yeah i guess yeah i'm catching your drift yeah yeah, yeah. all right man it's been past an hour Oh shit! Is that time we're gonna start closing it up? Let's, let's do it, how man, do we, how do we... dude. I'm happy you came back. That's fun, back man. It was it was fun to to do this again. I'll come back again. You, you do you have a working website still currently? Uh yeah, but it's not. I, I don't want to give it out yet because it's not. Um, it, it's not like I don't have any new stuff on it, and okay. it, it's just old stuff. But I, I'll get I'll get around to it. You can get me on Instagram though. Back on social media. Yeah. I'm, uh, at official Andre Hart, official Andre Hart, and I have a piece up in Oakland at the Joyce Gordon Gallery. It'll be up for the next three weeks. Nice, Andre. Thank you again for coming by. Yeah, man. You know it. And we're good. Of course, we're good. All right. I don't know. I just want to make sure you had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. That is Andre Hart. Check him out on Instagram if you get a chance. Great artist. All right, that's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else who identifies in between. I hope you guys enjoyed that talk. Look forward for next week. We have another musician coming around, and uh, he plays a great tune. If you're not following on Instagram, you should, because I posted about 30 seconds of his performance that he made uh, of an original song, and it was, quite frankly, uh, amazing. So check that out. All right, guys, stay safe. Have a good Sunday. Have a good week. And uh, see you guys next time.